You're listening to The Real Freedom Podcast with your host, Nick Rivers. Welcome, welcome to The Real Freedom Podcast. So today we don't have a guest, but I still want to continue to provide value and education, information that will empower home buyers, empower investors, empower wealth builders, empower people who are interested in financial literacy. So today I am doing the first installment of Nick's Notes, and this is where I give some brief information, some content, just for your knowledge, kind of FYI information. And today we're going to be discussing the basics for mortgage qualification in the residential sphere. So this information is going to be helpful for uh, real estate investors, whether you're newbie or seasoned, this information is great for home buyers, whether you're first time or moving up. It's generally some information that you need to know if you are seeking to get mortgage financing. So even if you're an investor, this is something that you need to know because when you use residential financing, the funding is based on your credit and your uh, qualifications as an individual. Whereas if you're using hard money or private money, it's more likely to be based on the actual property itself and less about you and your credit, your income and your assets. So I hope that you enjoy the information. Please be sure to give me reviews. If you're listening on iTunes, if you're listening through Anchor FM, I love the feedback. And if you ever have questions, you can always post your questions to any of the social media platforms where you can find me at Nick the Banker, and that's N-I-K-T-H-E-B-A-N-K-E-R. And who knows, depending on your question, it may be featured on one of Nick's Notes episodes, or it may be part of an interview that I do with a guest. So enjoy the show, and I will see you next episode. So today's episode, we're going to discuss and explore the basics of applying for a residential mortgage. I received this question on social media. I received it actually from a Facebook follower. And the question was, what are the basics that lenders review when it comes to qualifying for a mortgage? I think this is a great question, whether or not you are an investor or a home buyer just purchasing, you know, for your own use, for your family to live in, or whether you're considering house hacking and getting into purchasing a multifamily to live in one unit, rent out the other one and begin to build wealth. So I thought it would be great to explore this because, you know, investors use residential mortgages sometimes for their investment properties, as well as, um, you know, home buyers who are looking to purchase their uh, units to live in. So some of the things that lenders um, review would be uh, income, assets, credit, and debt. I think probably the biggest and, and most important um, part of that is looking at credit. And I think that's as far as from the outside in, you know, I, I am a, a lending professional. And so I kind of, you know, look at the whole picture. I take a holistic view when I work with a client. But from the outside looking in as a borrower, I think a lot of people get caught up in the credit portion. You know, my credit's not good. Last time I checked it, it wasn't great. You know, I don't have good credit. What does that mean for my chances of being able to purchase? So a few things I want to just touch on with credit. There are a few different types of credit reporting companies. So FICO 
is the Fair Isle Credit Reporting Agency. There's also Vantage. And so even amongst the many types of companies who provide credit scores, there are different levels of reporting that is done. So for example, with FICO, there is, I think about nine different FICO scores. So when you go to finance a car, that's one type of FICO score. Versus when you go to finance a home, that's another type of FICO score. And so it's important to, before you begin to apply for credit, um, to understand what your score is, to take a look at those scores, and to really figure out where you stand and what you can do to improve your credit. So a lot of times, different lenders have different qualifications for um, varying products. When it comes to, for example, a conventional loan, usually the scores are going to be 620 to qualify. Now, varying lenders are going to be looking for higher scores because that's kind of 620 is kind of the base level. That's what's been defined by Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and those are the government agencies who uh, kind of manage that type of loan. But when it comes to being able to actually get approved, a lot of time lenders are going to be looking for higher scores. The overlays, this, the, the rules that the lenders have internally um, may require a higher score. So it's going to be important that you're working on your credit, you're aware of what your credit scores are, um, and even being aware of what makes up your credit score. You know, utilization, uh, varying types of credit, the diversity of credit that you have, on-time payments. A lot of people think that on-time payments is, that's what makes your credit score. You know, if you pay late, that's it. But, you know, utilization is important. How much of your credit is being used? You know, if you have credit cards, is your utilization up to 80%? You know, when you're applying for a mortgage, you want to have utilization well below uh, 35%. So of your total amount that you can use on that credit card of your maximum um, usage amount, you want to make sure that you're, you're, even if you're using up to 80%, each month your balance is below 35%. So these are some of the things that you want to consider. Um, so utilization, diversity of credit, on-time credit scores, and then length of credit is very important. So I always talk to clients about making sure that you do not close credit cards. You know, if you're not using a card, that's okay. You can just let it sit. The creditor may close it or, you know, if you're not using it, just let it sit. But don't close the credit cards. Length of credit is something that boosts your credit. So if you've had a card for 15 years and then all of a sudden you decide, you know, you're cleaning up your credit and you want to close it, that can actually hurt you. So just don't use the card anymore. Don't use whatever that account is and let it just kind of close on its own. Um, let the creditor close it let it fall off your credit report, and, and focus on other things. Um, so those are the kind of things you want to think of when it comes to credit. I always encourage people to know their scores. You know, sometimes um, we can be fearful about looking at it and fearful about facing it because we believe that it's going to be worse than what we think it is. But I think it's, it's more helpful to be aware of it. So using things like uh, Credit Karma or some of the other reporting um, apps that are out there that are available, just to kind of stay in tune with it, even if that score is not going to be the same as what the lender pulls because we're using FICO scoring, use those things so that you can be aware and you're not caught off guard um, when the credit is pulled. Because I've seen that happen as well, where you know a client comes in, a family comes in, and 
they really don't know what their score is and they're really kind of disappointed because now there's work that needs to be done and that sets them back from being able to move forward for home buying goals. So that's credit. The other thing that lenders really review is your income. So they look for things like two years of income, especially if you're a W-2 employee. If you're self-employed, they're going to be looking for your two years of tax returns. In some cases, depending on how long you've been in business and the type of the loan that you're qualifying for, one year may be acceptable. But in, in general, two years of tax returns for self-employed borrowers, two years of um, W-2 employee employment, if you are a W-2 employee, we'd want to see two pay stubs. So what we do is calculate your income. And one thing I want to say about calculating income is that we use gross income. So what we live off of, you know, once we get paychecks, often is the net, you know, we pay taxes on it, especially if you're a W-2 employee. But when you speak to a lender, understand that their calculations are based on gross. So when they're telling you what you qualify for or that you have the ability to spend this much, they're looking at your gross salary. So there are uh, responsibilities and perhaps um, obligations that you have financially that may not show up on your credit report that, that the lender is not considering. And those are the things that you have to keep in mind. You know, what are your other obligations, whether that's, you know, childcare or even sometimes as, as, as little as your phone bill. That may not show up on your credit report, but that's an expense for you. So you want to keep that in mind. When we're calculating income, when your lender's calculating income, that is based on your gross. Another thing that we look at is your debts. So again, this kind of goes back to the credit report. We do look at the debts that are on your report. We take a look at collections, judgments, on-time payments. We look at how much debt you have monthly. So for every account that you have, every creditor that you have, there's a monthly payment attached to that. And we use that in order to calculate your debts for the month. We also calculate income monthly too. Let me just go back to that. We calculate your gross monthly income. And the reason why we're looking at those things is that we want to come up with a debt to income ratio. And as important as credit is, your debt to income ratio or DTI is also important because each type of loan product has a minimum, a maximum DTIs that they allow for that particular program. So it's not like qualification is dependent on any single one of these factors. It's the combination of these factors uh, along with some other factors that help lenders figure out whether or not you qualify. So it's not so much, well, you know, I've got great credit, but do you have great credit and great income? Well, how is your debt? You know, do you have a lot of debt compared to your monthly income? And each and every individual situation, each and every family has different situations. Um, the calculations may differ. So there's not really a kind of blanket statement as to, well, if I do this, will I qualify? That's why it's important when you meet with a lender for them to take a look at your pay stubs, your tax returns, your bank statements to determine, you know, who are you financially? What is your financial story? So they can determine based on your financial story, what products you qualify for, and even more so what products will best work for you. So we were talking about debt and we look at those things monthly. We calculate the debt monthly. And because we're talking about debt and student loans are such a hot topic right now, I just want to throw in that when it comes to student loans, depending on the loan type, 
there may need to be a special calculation. So for example, for an FHA loan, if your loans are in deferment and there's not a monthly amount attached, your lender may need to calculate 1% of the total loan amount as your monthly payment. Now, depending on the, the lender that you're using, they may encourage you, and I encourage my clients when I meet with them, to contact your student loan company and ask them, if I were to start making my payments tomorrow in full, the fully amortized, the full student loan payment with no income assistance, not income-based, what would be my full payment? The client goes, asks that question, gets a letter in writing and presents that to me. Now what I'm able to do is use that in the calculation rather than calculating 1%. And oftentimes, in my experience, I've found that that is a lesser payment than using the 1%. So that's just something, you know, bonus information for those with student loans. Because sometimes if you have student loan debt, I've seen clients get fearful about their ability to qualify and how it affects their buying power. So don't let that be something that prevents you, but be aware that that is a debt that is calculated. So we've talked about credit, we talked about income, we talked about debt. The last thing, as far as the basics of what lenders look at when you're qualifying for a loan or looking to get mortgage financing, would be your assets. So this is you know, your bank statements. How much money do you have saved? Um, what kind of, do you have stocks? Do you have investments? Do you have money in retirement? What kind of assets do you have that might be liquidated to help in the event of making mortgage payments or to be used to perhaps you know, do your down payment, collect your down payment, or pay closing costs. Now, when we review these things, that's not necessarily the strategy that we're going to go forward with. You know, I've sat down with families and they present a pension or a retirement, but that does not mean that that's going to be the income that is used for that particular transaction. But we like to see everything so that we understand what is available and what the options are. So that's not something that's always used, but we want to know, you know, um, what's available in the bank account, what monies are available. You know, we'd like to source funds. We want to know that the money for the down payment and the closing costs is already in the bank um, because that's important. We, money has to be seasoned as part of a mortgage transaction. It can't be cash. You know, you can't pay your closing costs and your down payment in cash. So assets, seasoning of assets, assets, sorry, sourcing funds is something that's important. So that's kind of the basics. Now, of course, like I said, every individual, every borrower situation is different. It's important to speak with a lender who's going to take a holistic view of your, of your finances and is going to walk you through the process and explain what they need and not only what they need, but why they need it so that you're comfortable with everything that's going on. So this is Nick Rivers. This is the Real Freedom Podcast. I hope this information has been helpful. Please feel free to leave comments. You can find me on social media at Nick the Banker on Instagram or on Facebook. If you are a home buyer and you're in, interested in information and networking and connecting with other future home buyers and home sellers, you can join the Home Buyer Group. It's a private Facebook group. Or if you'd like to contact me directly, you can always send me an email. And you can find my information on Instagram. 
Again, I hope this information has been very helpful. You can find me at Twitter too. I often take questions from Twitter. I'm at Nick the Banker, N-I-K-T-H-E-B-A-N-K-E-R there as well. And who knows, your question may be featured on the next episode. All right, take care.